Don't cry for me, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell was in tears. He said, if we don't feel we are part of something important, what's the point? This was, as far as I can tell, from a garbled source video that insisted on showing the cry a lot. It is related to quarantining during COVID, not going to work. Apparently, the workplaces where we find ourselves, our true selves. And so when that is removed, we are in despair. And then he says, helpfully, that the workplace should be a slightly uncomfortable place. Exactly, rather, we should be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I agree. I think challenge is uncomfortable. And life. Getting uncomfortable with the future is the name of the podcast. He writes at home, alone, on the couch, by the way. That's his work. So do I, often, not always. Perhaps this is why he's crying. He doesn't have the workplace to reflect his self. Well, don't cry for me, Malcolm Gladwell. Then Adam Grant, a professor, asks him what he thinks leadership will look like in the future. The murk suddenly clears. We are now, we are talking about a workplace, an office, where the class of administrators meet and talk. And he is talking about, but he is talking about leadership. Ah, so it's not an Amazon warehouse workplace. So he might be feeling part of something important where he has something important to contribute. Therefore, he is important. Stop crying. We should be much more dedicated to skill development and mentoring. Mentoring in school. Which school? Grade school? Mentoring or college? Do I think we should decide to be a mentor like we decide to become a theater director? and become one on daddy's money at the age of 22? Shouldn't mentorship be achieved? Or is one, in fact, born a mentor? Do your parents say, honey, you're going to grow up to be a mentor? You're already a mentor. Or is mentorship thrust upon one? Or does it occur to one when one is asked to talk on TV shows? I don't know. But in school... How can you be learning if you've decided you already know it? Is there, I'm asking here, is leadership taught too? The the growth mindset. Ah, so I see. It's a book. Is it taught? It is obviously a teachy thing. (laughs) financially wise. So Malcolm Gladwell, a thinking person, attractive, non-bombastic, talks to Adam Grant, a professor and a creature constructed of psychobabble to whom Malcolm administers common sense. Voila. If we say the world is in a tough place right now, we might say that, I would say that, needing some originality of thinking. Here we have evidence of a cult of moron, highly trained to not think, hopefully being set right by a gentle, intuitive, Socrates. Oh, what a waste of time we don't have to save planets, Ukrainians, young black men. And here we have an idiot class of position holders obsessed about leadership. Maybe that makes them feel good about themselves. I'm a leader. This ain't the way, people, with all due respect and compassion. But we no longer have time for Malcolm to set the to- sort the toddlers out. 
Our Dr. Frankenstein needs to desist. I think this has been a cultural project forever to create the human rather than let her happen, as she is magnificently gifted to do. It is the religious project. We are born evil. We need fixing. The communist project. We are born selfish. Need fixing. And now it is the American Western cultural project. We need fixing, creating machines of humans to run machines. The Silicon Valley speak doth make slackers of us all, or hipsters, whatever flimsy style these people adopt as a self. Fascinating. I will not, I did not catch it. I have been away, but now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle containing not a Prometheus, but an innovator to make us robots. No wonder the population is dwindling, dwindling, and this is what we do, tinker and make better what we think is deficient. How many friend, times does my friend say to me, I feel awful, and I say, of course you do, love. You miss your indoctrination appointment, and your soul is screaming, don't go in there. Obey your soul. It is a thing I have sought, I confess, as explanation for the repetitive idiocy of the affluent humans. This is a stand in for the idiocy, idiocy religion has come to provide, the delusion that quivers in the face of the real, the visceral, why some will freak out and reach for stupid myths of Vikings while others chant Buddhistically so their job interview will go well. Thank you, Malcolm. I wish you weren't necessary, but clearly... I have been looking over the photos from my drama school. There is such pop, melancholy, beauty and sex in these pictures. It was an institution founded on the intuitive. We started digging into our young selves for the numinous and it shows photographically. Young men without beards, piercings or tattoos finding strange voices, voila, their own, not some foe in language. All of this might me might have been harmless, cute fodder for fashion magazines, but it is late. The seas are rising, and all we have come up with is a growth mindset. Growth, by the way, is obsolete. Since the individuated individual will not be, will not be tolerated, so dangerous will they be in contrast, so why they might even get crucified like the last time. Only, only in this context can we, I imagine, the office as a place we go to feel whole, to feel part of something important, so weak, so needy, that we are swayed by the latest Steve Jobs of the new myth so selfless as to make of him and Malcolm we messiahs, so grounded that social networking becomes a sex life. Gods forbid we find ourselves alone at home, where there is no artificial support system, slightly uncomfortable. We only exist when we have colleagues to affirm that we are there, Malk seems to say, and grieves. I, I didn't run into many bullies as a kid. I got a pasting twice, I think, and it was always a group of bullies, never just one. Oh, no, I did run into the one bully at summer camp. He thumped me once because I told him to stop bullying. 
As it turned out, at the end of the session, he was a fine fellow and his bullydom was pretty obviously grinding to a halt. He was 13. And now today we have lots of speculation, lots of information on bullies. I can tell you from up close, they do it so as not to lose face, not to lose their public face, to maintain the myth that they are the best, the biggest, etc. I challenged my bully, by the way, in public. Now, Vijay Prashad has written and said some great stuff about the issues in China, the Ukraine war, etc. But he keeps insisting the West is being unreasonable. Like the problem with bullies is that they are unreasonable, unkind, selfish. Well, a quick look at my 13-year-old thumper explains it bright and broad. Bullies grown up, but not grown wise, cannot afford to acknowledge the validity of their opposition. Or, how can I be good if you're good too? Yes, it is, duh, a religious problem. There was a friar on board the Santa Maria, and after seeing the Carib Indians, suggested to the boss they be left alone to their own beliefs as they seemed to work very well for them. This attitude would get him fired in every state department in the Western world, and then a story would be created about the atrocities the Caribs commit against their own people, how they eat their enemies, are only allowed to have two children whom they cannot eat. Though I think they were very promiscuous, to a fault, unlike the Italians, so we have evidence of their Christ-lacking depravity. And on we go. My thumper grew up. Great. Nations don't. In my world, claiming we are the only indispensable nation is grounds for dismissal, not because it is politically incorrect, but it's really stupid. And again, it's stupid on its own, not because it is a truth that will upset other nations to hear. It's just plain stupid and deeply fascistic, supremacist, and not at all what we say we imagine a reflection of high civilization to be. I insist on what we say we imagine, because there is zero evidence that we think of civilization this way. We really think, like Madeleine Albright, that civilization is what superior people do, her people. And was she challenged? No, she was just quoted, because we believe it to be true. Here the West is not being unreasonable, it is being stupid. Against all the evidence of their colonial pasts, and murderous with it. Stupid does stick out, does climb to the top of the heap of descriptive adjectives. The war on terror that has one way or another, one country or another, cost so many lives that stupid and murderous become one was all based on some zealot's notion that all we need to do is show up in Afghanistan in our cam, camo and deodorant, and a culture that way predates Islam would say, what have we been doing for 3,000 years? Oh my God, let's be them. I don't like Taliban life. Trust me, their woman thing is a deal breaker. But ahem, Samuel Alito is not being hunted to extinction. Greg Abbott is not holed up in the hill country with his band of pistoleros, is he? Bullies are addicted to their reputation, terrified of being seen in their weakness, in their reality. Why did Pelosi insist on going to Taiwan at this time? She will claim that there is never a bad time to champion freedom. I say, I'd say that, uh, I'd say that as the evidence of boiling fascism in her home builds and builds, a stiff dose of bullying and defiance is overdue. A good show of the good stuff. 
In the room at camp, most of the kids were not happy about the bully. But like most of us, we adapt and find a status quo we can live with. We cower and even find reasons why the regime we are bullied by is the better one anyway. That we should be ruled over by some bully seems inevitable. So why get prickly about which one, Xi Jinping or Trump? If bully there needs to be, that is a choice between two current versions. Does it make a huge difference that one is democratically elected, except to demonstrate our willingness, our enthusiasm for a bully in chief? If it is a bully we deem necessary, and we do, Biden is not bully enough. Why isn't he writing executive orders everywhere? A bully's instrument, if ever there was one. We want the bully we like in charge. It is definitely what the Republican side wants. Their 2015 primaries showed that. It is very difficult to point out to the European-American this stupidity because the claim is valid to them. Indispensable, indeed. And the claim is necessary to remember and believe in because there is nothing else. To go back to Malcolm, this is the office environment not capable of knowing their own importance in a dark room alone, needing relentless affirmation in the absence of self-knowledge and acceptance. If this is what we go to work for, it will indeed always be uncomfortable. When we find we are distrusted, disrespected, disliked and loathed, doesn't some friend always say, oh, they're just jealous? Sometimes true, but not always. Sometimes it is because you are a bully and it is a credit to them. They are not accepting of this as a political reality. Malcolm's office is full of management, by the way. It is not the Amazon warehouse, lest we forget. The Trump phenomenon is evidence that a big crowd of Americans is very keen on our very own Mussolini. Were they always this keen? Is this a preference? Is this preference the reason presidents try to seem humble until Trump? And the behavior made all the difference, whatever the body count, in fact. I am pretty sure China is doing horrible things to all kinds to all kinds of minorities. Why wouldn't I believe it since I live in the country that wrote the book? But the bully's investment in demonization, their need of the evil other myth, gives me pause. And there has been talk about the draconian Chinese response to COVID. Okay, 20,000 or over a million dead. You choose. It is the American price of their myth of superiority. I always like Chris, Chris Matthews in that sort of I wish I was there kind of a way to ask him questions, to challenge him. Then one day he said in high dander, I grew up thinking America is the greatest country on the face of the earth ever. Soon after, he was gone over a sexual harassment charge, I believe. I think the speed and the silence since has more to do with his greatest country realization than anything. He had reached the end. I'm sure he still believes it, but the nation is assailed everywhere two gray cells live together. He just became obsolete in a second. And it is to his credit that maybe he knew this. His remaining colleagues are not so perceptive or instinctual. To cop all this as being critical or disinformation or unpatriotic is part and partial of the disease. 
I'm just pointing out the ordinariness of the U.S., that's all. No worse than any other great nation, or as Bernie unfortunately says when he's on a roll, important nation. Glancing back to Gladwell, 